The KTAR News Coronavirus Report. He's Jim Sharp. I'm Joe Huizinga. This is the KTAR News Coronavirus Report. Three big stories today to touch on. Governor Doug Ducey issued a stay-at-home, stay-healthy, stay-connected order. What many are just saying is essentially a stay-at-home executive order. And then we had the superintendent of public instruction and Governor Ducey come out, and they decided to not reopen schools for the rest of the year. So odds are your kid will not be going back to school until August. And we saw the number of COVID-19 cases in Arizona surpass 1,000 today as well. Number of cases grew uh, by their their largest uh, gain to date, right, Jim? Yeah, and, and you know we should keep in mind this is because more and more testing is going on. It's not necessarily just that you know more and more people are getting infected. It's just we're finding those people. Um, it's part of it. I'm sure that more people are also getting infected, but this huge jump is not just because that number of people, that many more people, got infected since uh, you know since they checked last. Yeah, a gain of 238 people from. Uh, yesterday's announcement. We're now up to 1,157 confirmed cases here in Arizona. But the now, big... As I, hey, as I say that, Joe, I should probably point out that maybe, the truth is, maybe there were even more uh, conf- new cases that we just don't even know about. Oh, so of course. While I say that, yeah, while I say these are new cases that we've discovered, um, you know, uh, on the side of caution, I should probably say we might have we might have grown exponentially on the actual number of cases, not just the confirmed ones. But the reason we're seeing that big jump is because of the increased testing. And we'll get into the numbers here in just a few minutes. But but the big news of the day, Governor Doug Ducey has issued a statewide stay-at-home order. But as I heard the governor lay this out, you know, we're recording this just after 3 o'clock on Monday— I didn't hear a lot of teeth to this. What I basically heard, Jim, was the governor wants people to stay at home, but he wants people and he wants businesses to come to that decision, to come to that conclusion on their own. What did you hear? That's kind of what I heard. This is really just, uh, in a way, memorializing what he has already asked us to do. Um, Because, I mean, how do you enforce something like this? I mean, are we going to imagine people being arrested because they opened up their business? Um, I think this does add some gravity to the situation, though, uh, as I was sitting and listening with my wife on a on a on a smart speaker at home, you know, to the press conference on KTAR. um, You know, we did glance at each other a couple of times and say, wow, okay, this is different. This is different. It really wasn't different in what we're being asked to do. It's just different in that, um, you know, it's an executive order. So we're, I guess, in a form being ordered to do this. Right. So the governor's stay-at-home order, which is going to take effect tomorrow at 5 o'clock, will still allow residents to go out for essential services, such as buying groceries and medicine, and you'll still be able to go to work if you're part of an essential service, as you know, you and I are, grocery stores, gas stations, obviously, and a number of others in the state. But as I talked to people who were, were texting me as this press conference was going on, they were asking me, you know, do I have to go to work tomorrow if I if I work at a car dealership? Do I have to go to work tomorrow if I work at a dispensary? And it seems to me like like that decision ultimately is going to be up to those businesses. 
It does seem that way, although there, he did issue a list of what of what essential uh, services are. Um, Was that last week? Yeah. And, and interestingly, you know, there's also essential activities. And right. Those essential activities include outdoor exercise, um, you know, taking care of pets, um, these other things. Uh, and obviously, when you say going outside, you, you're welcome to go out in your backyard as long as you're not you know, partying with your neighbors on the top of your fence. Um, This is, um, it really, like I said, it really doesn't change a lot. Uh, What it does is it just, I think it lends, like I said, it lends a little gravity so that people that were thinking, you know what, I don't care what anybody says, I'm going to go outside. They might think to themselves, "Eh, well, it's not because Governor Doug Ducey said it, it's because he is the government and uh, they might be concerned about some type of penalty. So the list of essential businesses, the governor drew a lot of flack for this last week because uh, golf courses were still listed on there, health care and public health operations, human services operations, essential infrastructure operations, essential government functions, mm-hmm. uh, essential businesses and operations. Um, the list, as I even look at it here online, is long. I mean, critical trades, hardware and supply stores, uh, financial institutions like banks, media, gas stations, uh, organizations that provide charitable and social services, laundry services, restaurants for for consumption off-premises, uh, supplies to work from home, supplies for essential businesses, so it, it was a beefy list. Uh, transportation with uh, the airlines, taxis, Uber and Lyft, etc., home-based care and services, residential facilities and shelters, professional and personal services, daycare centers, uh, manufacturer distribution and supply chain for critical uh, products, hotels and motels, and funeral services were all on this list. And, and all of those lists as well, I, sh- I should explain, had... You know, several sentences which clarified what fell under them. But to me, I still see the governor saying, if you can shut down right now, I want you to do that. But at the same time, businesses are thinking to themselves, if I shut down, I might have to lay off workers. So I want to stay open. Or you also have businesses saying, hey, I I want to not profit. Not I, I don't mean that in a negative term right now. But, you know, I want to stay open so that I can stay in business. And, oh, yeah. and and the governor doesn't want to be the bad guy here. I think there's some of that. But I, I think, you know, with a couple of exceptions and, uh, you know, you mentioned the word interpretation before with a couple of uh, interpretations of what is a personal service. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I know that some uh, my wife told me the other day when she was out, she saw a line, not a line out the door, but people waiting um, to get their hair cut and, and not social distancing. And, and that's somebody who's going to put their hands all over my head. And I happen to really like my barber. I know him personally. I've known him for a while. And um, but I still am not going to go visit him. You know, I, I'm going to I'll use the clippers I have at home or I'll just look like a like a shaggy dude or whatever. Um, so those kind of services, I think that's uh, very very questionable, but everything else on that list. I mean, you've got to eat. You got to have. If 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 something is falling apart in your house, we're we're told to remain. You have to be able to go out to a hardware store and get it. If you need to work from home, you need to be able to get out and get uh, you know supplies for that. And obviously, my my brother in law, 
um, just passed away earlier this morning. Mm. And, you know, so I have to have funeral services because he can't just sit in my sister's house. Sure. You know, right. So of course you got to take care of those. So those, that, it is a long list, but I, I, you know, I'm trying to think of what service, what service or what uh, product or what business I would X off of that list completely. And I, I'm hard pressed to think of one. So while there is some gray area with which businesses will stay open and closed, Arizona schools will not reopen for the remainder of this year. Governor Ducey and Superintendent of Public Instruction Kathy Hoffman announced this morning that to keep the state's public public district and charter schools closed for the remainder of the school year, and they issued a joint statement, and they want to give uh, parents and educators as much certainty as possible and it sounds like they want to continue to have teachers teach from home and teach mm-hmm. students. But I heard the superintendent say this afternoon that, look, many of these kids don't have laptops. Many of these kids don't have hotspots. How do you get those kids instruction? There's ways. Um you know, it's interesting. If you're talking about elementary school kids, I was talking about my wife. I was talking with my wife about this, who happens to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. When she was a, a classroom teacher, she actually teaches tech now to teachers. And that's what she did last week. She spent spent time on WebExes and, you know, group chats, teaching hundreds of teachers how to use something called Google Classroom for her, for her district. But she said, you know, uh, when, if she had an opportunity to talk to all parents of elementary school kids, and she, she emphasized to me, this is elementary school kids and probably the lower grades, don't wig out about it. Don't feel like you have to keep an eight to three school, you know, school time schedule going and that your kids have to complete every single task that their teachers send to them. Because some of the teachers are sending out entire curriculums for the rest of the year, hoping the kids will get a chance to, you know, slowly make their way through it. Others are going to, it's going to be fits and spurts. And, and some teachers are going to say to themselves, you know what, I think this is a good time for what's called unlearning, where where you, you know, you get an opportunity to um, explore your creativity and, and do some outside play, which I think is, is sorely lacking in our in our society. And when I say outside play, I mean like in the backyard kind of play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my wife's not really terribly concerned about it. But at the same time, I, well, this, another discussion we've had, and I think maybe you and I even talked about this, is what's happening? Are we going to have a whole... Um, a whole generation, not a generation, but a whole year's worth of coronavirus seniors. I mean, this testing is, is there's no way it can go forward. There's no way people can complete, you know, advanced placement courses. There's no. So these these seniors who are in high school, do they just get uh, do they get the skate? And I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. I mean, this this is going to is it also going to harm those who are hoping to get into, say, Harvard or uh, you know, or Princeton or something like that. Uh, they're not going to have the chance because, but I, I, what's interesting is I think everybody in the U.S. is in the same boat. They are. And, and to a certain extent, people all over the world are in the same boat. So this might be this one year of Corona seniors who got into the school they'd hoped to get into because they didn't have that fourth quarter grade. Um, and you mentioned that, Kathy Hoffman, the superintendent of public instruction for the state, um, you know, they really haven't figured all that out yet. That that has that that remains to be seen. What what I read is if you were on track to graduate, you're still going to graduate. And yeah, 
I, I believe that they have every intention to advance kids on to the next school grade. But at the same time, when you miss out on essentially all of March, all of April and May classes, I mean, that's that's a large chunk of the school year that that is critical. And, you know, teachers have been talking for years about how how, how much work they do in the classroom and how critical it is that they be compensated fairly for that work that they're doing. And and now they're going to have to try to do that work from home. And I guess my concern would be, look, good students are good students. They're going to they're going to find a way to learn and good parents are good parents. And if they sit down with their kid and if they want to connect them with the teacher, they'll be able to do that. But I worry about the kid who, you know, who needs that extra nudge, who needs that guidance, who needs that, you know, nine to five, eight to five schedule and routine who may not get that now, who could fall further behind, who could be, you know, stuck, for lack of a better term, and who who needs some of that structure that now they're going to be lacking. Yeah, and you know what, it's, it's there's a good and a bad side of this. The bad side is that there are going to be some kids who really absolutely needed classroom instruction. Yeah. Um, there's going to be kids with what are called IEPs, individualized education plans. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those might be kids who are, uh, you know, are just um, uh, development, developmentally disabled or have um, other disabilities that impairs their ability to learn in a traditional way. They're going to definitely fall behind to a certain extent. Um, and But what this has also done is it's um, – it has shown the cracks in the system. When I say that, I mean teachers who have been unwilling to embrace technology. And, and I can think of a – I'm not going to name names, but I can think of a couple of examples of people who are considered to be good teachers who insist on still solely teaching out of textbooks and solely mimeographing – and that's an old school word – Xeroxing work, you know, workbook pages and and never, ever want their kids to use – um, high tech devices, because frankly, I think they're they're uh, they're against it because they're scared of it themselves. They've been teaching for so long, um, and then you've got entire schools. I'm not going to name those schools, but there is a, there's a chain of charter schools that are thought of very highly in the valley. That while they don't tell their students to not engage in technology, they te- they use none of it to teach. Mm-hmm. And and this is a this is a these are big academies that uh, you, there's a waiting list to get into these schools. What are they doing? You know, now that they, since they've rejected uh, technology uh, almost completely fully, um, how are they going to teach those kids? So I, I think this, this shows a lot of people, hey, we have to embrace technology. It's here. And, and the teachers who say, well, I'm not going to use an iPad or a, any kind of device in my classroom because kids get enough of that at home, you know. Um, no, because th- that's needed now. It's absolutely needed. We've seen a lot of increased uh, numbers be released by AZDHS, Jim. I'm going to throw a lot of these at you here. You tell me if any of these stand out the most to you or what your biggest takeaway from all these numbers that we're seeing is. Arizona hit 1,157 confirmed cases today, 20 deaths. 
uh, 52% men, 48% women. The cases have jumped from five back in early March to 43 the following week, 428 uh, two weeks ago, 60, 663 a week ago, and today, as I mentioned, 1157 we're up to now. Uh, 16,000 plus uh, tests have been conducted uh, total. As of today, that's 16,758, and 94% of those tests, this is what stands out to me the most, 94% of those tests, uh, COVID-19 was not detected. Interesting. Yeah, so you've got people who are running a fever, they may have been exposed to somebody, uh, they may have a cough, they may not feel quite right. Um, Simply being exposed to somebody who might have it um, might be reason to get tested um, under the guidelines. So, you know, uh, I mean, it, you and I experience this all the time. People want to come to work because they they just want to come to work. Either they're workaholics or they feel like they're letting everybody down if they don't show up or they're worried about their job. Mm-hmm. And so we have people who show up every year with the flu. Sure. And I, the whole now COVID-19, the coronavirus is, is somewhere we're not sure exactly how much more contagious than the flu but it is more contagious than influenza so this this might not stand completely what i'm about to say but our whole office isn't wiped out sick because one person decided to be an idiot and show up to work um you know but we also don't have an immunization for for coronavirus right now so I don't know where the testing stands. I just wonder how much those numbers would jump uh, or will jump when we finally get to um, what I keep hearing about is supposedly in the pipeline. And that's at home testing where you get an answer in like five minutes that and maybe it won't start at home. It'll be in, uh, you know, urgent care clinics and doctor's offices but you'll get an answer real quick. And then once they report that to the state health department, numbers might, quadruple overnight when when we see that but the biggest takeaway the biggest number i saw today is the largest group that is being affected i'm looking at that right now yeah by COVID 19 it was it 20 to 44 year olds if i'm correct right yeah so 20 to 44 year olds have over seven thousand um uh is have been tested so seven thousand three hundred and twenty five have been tested and 45 to 54, it's uh, 2,700. 55 to 64, 2,500. 65 and older, 2,700 again. So I, I guess they're also taking a, a larger age group there of 24 years as opposed to 45 to 54 is nine years and 55 to 64 also nine years. But we're hearing in the news constantly, hey, if you have an underlying health condition like I do, or if you're above 65, you're likely to be the most affected. And yet we're seeing that 20 to 44 year age group be be tested in this case at almost a, a two to one or three to one rate. Right. And, and and they're also testing positive a lot, which is interesting. So, you know, what we learned about about COVID-19 while it was in China and while it was in South Korea and while it was in Japan um, doesn't really hold up for us. And I don't know if it's because 
because we live our lives in a different fashion or because may, may, I, I don't want to say this because I'm not a scientist, but is it mutating? I don't know. Um, it, but it is interesting that it doesn't seem to hold true. And actually, the uh, the director of the CDC and the Surgeon General of the U.S. both told me that we are seeing a higher percentage of younger people getting sick, seriously sick here in the United States than we did in other countries. So I, I don't know what's going on there, but I'll tell you what, the, you know, these uh, these 20-something dudes I, I saw all playing basketball in that uh, in that city park not too far from your house, um, they're taking their lives in their hands, even if they're not thinking about, you know, their, their older relatives and neighbors and just regular people that they may never meet or get to know because they just pass them by somewhere and somebody grabs something they also grab and touch their face. It's, but it is interesting that, you know, it doesn't necessarily hold true for every country. Uh, the stats we're seeing out of some of the Asian countries. This is the KTAR News Coronavirus Report. He's Jim Sharp. I'm Joe Heisenga.